You're listening to the Tuesday Talks Podcast, your source of truth in communications, identity management, and technology, hosted by New Miracle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a new live discussion series where we shed some light and bring truth to emerging topics in the communications industry. I am Rebecca Johnson, founder and CEO of Numerical, and I'll be hosting today's session with Anise Jeffer. Hi, everyone. I'm Anise Jaffer, Chief Product Officer at Numerical. Uh, thanks for having me, Rebecca. This is exciting. Yeah. So thanks, Anise. Uh, today, we'd like to start off with a discussion on the stir shaken June 2021 deadline. Believe it or not, there's a lot to talk about on just that one topic. So we're going to cover what is expected, who is responsible, and how does it impact call delivery? Uh, we received some excellent questions uh, in advance from a few of you who are logged in here today on this live broadcast, and we've woven in some of our answers through our topics today. What we'd like to do is lay some groundwork around the topic and then open the floor for live questions and answers for the second half of the program. Um, we will be recording the session today, which will be available via podcast to download and share. All right. So let me start off this conversation. Uh, we keep hearing about stress shaken, uh, a deadline coming up June 2021. What is this deadline for and where did this come from? Right. So we've, it's kind of interesting. We keep hearing people talk about June, 2021 as though that's like the next thing that's going to be like a cliff and all communications fall off at that point. And uh, I can understand why people think that, but anytime we're trying to um, understand what a deadline is, I think it's important to go back to where did this date even come from uh, and look at the words around it. So we got to take ourselves all the way back to the Trace Act. And so I'm going to read specifically from the Trace Act. And for those who don't know, um, this was signed in um, right at the end of uh, uh, December, right before, uh, what was it, 2019, right? Uh, Trump was still in office. Um, and what it covered was really the implementation of an authentication framework. So specifically where this June 2021 came from was the Trace Act basically saying that no later than 18 months after the date of the enactment of the act, the commission, which is the FCC, uh, shall require a provider of voice service to implement the stir shaken authentication framework in the internet protocol networks of the provider of voice service and B, to require a provider of voice service to take reasonable measures to implement the effect of call authentication framework in the non-internet protocol networks of the provider of the voice service. So once the Trace Act gets implemented, then the FCC has been very busy um, passing a lot of rules around this. So the Trace Act specifically, again, to the commission said that the commission shall require a provider of voice service to implement the stir shake and authentication framework in its IP networks. Now, the key thing here is that when um, it comes to the implementation, Stir Shaken's been around for a while. This is a standard that the carriers have been working on for quite some time. It's just kind of unfortunate that it gets to the point that there has to be a mandate. So that's what we're facing. The carriers were very busy implementing this standard, but 
it just wasn't progressing at the rate that the commission would like to see. So we have to draw a line in the sand. So when we look at what did the FCC actually say about this deadline, we have to look to the first report and order that was put out in March 2020. And basically the FCC adopted the first um, order mandating that, now listen to these words, mandating that originating and terminating voice service providers implement stir shaken in the IP portions of their networks by June 30th, 2021. And what's interesting, Anise, is what's not said. What's not said here is what about the interconnect, right? What about the non-IP portions of the network? So we need to be real careful when we read and understand what deadlines are about and what's really required. So right there, if we just read the words, we can debunk all of the statements with regards to your calls are going to stop come June 2021 if they're not signed. That is not what is being said here. In fact, the SEC went so far as to make some statements about, hey, we're not going to be prescriptive of what you do once you implement Stir Shaken. That's going to be on the terminating side to make their decisions about what is best. So they haven't told terminating carriers that if you receive a call that doesn't have an A-level attestation, block it. Those words are not being found. So I just think it's good before we get into what this really means on a technology side that we understand what that requirement is really all about. It's just a line in the sand to say, hey, we need you guys to implement on the originating and terminating side for the IP portions of your network, stir shaken. And right. oh, by the way, if you can't meet those deadlines, you gotta let us know so we can work out some exceptions for you. Right. So, and, and I also want to chime in here with respect to the non-IP service providers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the the base trust shaken, and again, we'll, we'll get into what base trust shaken means. Um, the base trust shaken standard is targeted at internet or IP-based uh, service providers. The non-IP providers are not going to be implementing. Obviously, you need to have a SIP infrastructure uh, to add the the, the certs, uh, a traditional TDM-based infrastructure will not be able to do it. Now, what do we mean by stir shaken standard or the base stir shaken? Uh, shaken itself is a framework uh, that's built on the IETF stir protocol. It, it allows uh, or it provides an end-to-end -end architecture for originating service providers to verify and attest who's originating the call and then a terminating service provider to, to validate that. Uh, so when, when an originating service provider or a carrier um, knows the customer and they also know where the customer got the number from or have a way to verify where they got the number from, then they can add a certificate to the SIP invite uh, attesting that they have a way to verify the customer as well as the number. And that essentially is the telephone identity that gets attached to the SIP invite and it gets transported over the SIP network to the terminating service provider who does the reverse. So they get the certificate and then they validate if that certificate is valid, has been signed by uh, the relevant key that has been attested and then they can choose how to terminate the call. That's essentially is what is termed as the stir shaken standard and it's that is the base stir shaken that's uh, that needs to be implemented by carriers and service providers by June 2021. So, <clears throat> Anissa, I want to ask you a question then, because we hear a lot of talk about 
uh, base shaken, and then there's this enterprise challenge. Uh, what does the enterprise challenge mean for June 2021? Is that a part of it? Uh, what what can we expect? Yeah, it is. I think for to to understand what the enterprise challenge is, we need to look at what what are the different components of the historic shaken certificate. Uh, one of the key things that goes on the on, on on the certificate is what is called as the attestation level. Um, when the originating service provider signs the call, they they can they can attest it with three different levels. It's basically a claim where they can attest with an A, B, or C. Uh, when the service provider knows the customer and also know that how they got uh, how the customer got the number, either they issued it or they're able to verify uh, that the customer has the right to use that number, then they can essentially sign the call as A. And, and there's also another uh, component to it that they are actually originating the call. So let's say for an example, uh, Verizon is the service provider and they are servicing a big box retailer. And if the big box retailer got the numbers from Verizon and are also used, using the SIP trunking from Verizon to originate the call. So Verizon has got every uh, information that they need to attest the call with, with the A level. So that's that's one level of authentication. So that's a flag that's set as A. Now, in case Verizon doesn't know that the big box retailer has the right to use the number, or if the big box retailer is using, a, let's say, a third-party call center, and that call center is 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 originating the call and Verizon does not know if they have the right to use the number, then they essentially have to sign the call with attestation level B. Now, if the same call, let's say it originates from outside the country, coming through an international gateway, and Verizon doesn't have any way to know uh, who the originator of the call is, the only thing that they know is that, that the call came through their network and the call is being placed into their communication network then they would essentially sign it as level C. So those are the three uh, authentication or the attestation levels. Now the gap is the scenario where we talked about for attestation B. Let's say you have a call center or a BPO and they're making calls on behalf of multiple clients. Um, and, and we also know that in some cases there could be two or three parties involved um, during the call path. So you could have the end client could be uh, somebody who is who is actually not even making the call, but they have outsourced this call to another call center, who's then using a different platform or a CPaaS provider, uh, and they got the numbers from one provider, and they're using another network to make the call. This, these are all the scenarios that that is happening in the in in the ecosystem, and that is the gap that we have. So that's the, the you know you would you would hear um, attestation gap. Um, enterprises not being able to validate and or service providers not being able to validate the enterprises that's the scenario that um, that 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 we uh, that we are seeing where enterprises cannot directly get their calls signed so it, it's interesting because I mean that sounds complex <laughs> there's a lot to do yep. and um, I know we saw some comments that were filed with the FCC from some of the carriers asking for an extension of that June 30. 2021 deadline to address this this very problem. Um, they did not get that extension. In fact, the FCC responded back saying, no, we're, we're, we're going to keep the requirement for the originating terminating side for the IP networks to implement 
and we're going to use that word base shaken to distinguish between how do we address enterprises and not. Um, and they're not going to be, they as in the FCC are not going to be scriptive on how do you solve for the enterprise, but they did make note that we're going to watch it. So the FCC is going to watch to see that this gets figured out. Um, and it's really to the benefit of subscribers. At the end of the day, it's, it's those of us who are using uh, the device. So I think we can also, if we look at the, the comments that are being filed, how the FCC responds to it, anyone who tells you that the enterprise calls fall off a cliff come June 2021 are selling you something. Like that's all, that's all that they've got. That is, I don't, you know, that's a fear um, that will motivate people to do something. But right now we've just got to get the foundation laid first and the carriers are working extremely hard from resource uh, um, you know, dedication, financial resource dedication, uh, just to get the first step implemented. I think we're a long ways away from having fear around what happens with the enterprise. I'm gonna caveat that, <laughs> that you gotta be prepared. This is a blessing in disguise. You're fully aware if you're a business, EPOs, you know, UCAS, CPAS provider, you are aware that there will come a point whenever the enterprise side of this has an effect. Because Denise, like what, what are you seeing with regards to how the carriers are going to take this data in? Let's say we've got the ecosystem set up. Everybody's mm -hmm. good. The FCC's got their list of voice service providers are implemented. We love what we see, 90% implemented go what what is the go what are they going to do with this information yeah we think what will happen um is like as you said for subscribers right if if you if you're a cell phone subscriber you know directly calling using a telephony uh, carrier like verizon at&t your calls would probably get signed right um, because they know who you are uh, they issued the number it's it's a it's a straight a-level attestation that will happen for the complex scenarios, which we talked about, the enterprises who are using multiple vendors and different scenario parties involved in the in the call path, those would probably not be signed with attestation level eight. That doesn't mean that the calls are not going to get terminated, because the terminating service provider still has a choice to terminate the call. They would also use the analytics providers, just like how we have today for call validation treatment. Uh, analytics would continue to run and they, they using their algorithms would determine if that call is spoofed or spam and they would label accordingly. I don't think it's going to change anytime uh, like how we have today. It's not, it's not going to drop off come July. It's probably going to get uh, changed over a period of time, but not, not immediately. So you would still continue to have calls with, with different labels that get terminated. Now, as more and more um, enterprises start using this, more service providers start implementing it. Um, and there are some models that are being discussed for enterprises. Um, these are called multi-homing standards and there are multiple models that have been suggested. Uh, we can probably do another session on that, Rebecca, um, to go in depth on those models. Uh, so as those models get implemented, I. I think one or two of those models would probably get more adoption. And then you would have a way for enterprises to, to uh, not only get signed, but also add additional uh, data to those calls and you would change uh, over a period of time. But uh, come July, I think uh, calls 
would terminate as we have today, uh, you would continue to, uh, to see labels, but you would also start seeing more and more verified calls, especially subscriber to subscriber calls um, would probably get you know, verified with attestation A. Uh, enterprise communications would continue to happen uh, how, we, how we see today. Uh, over a period of time, I think it would change uh, as more yep. service providers implement. And Anise, because I don't, you know, I have a very curious mind <laughs> and I don't like to be told how things are going to be. I want to actually go try it out myself <laughs> and get my own answers. So, um, you know, I was kind of pushing you with regards to how can we test? And so we did get a client that right. is signing calls as an enterprise and immediately was like, oh my God, we have to test this out. So can you share a little bit about the test that we did and what those results were? Yeah, so we had a client who is currently using a wipe provider uh, that uh, has implemented uh, the base ter shaken, and we had them call our number um, to see how those uh, calls showed up. And what we found was, and they they you know our number was is one of the is, is on one of the major three carriers. Uh, what we found was the calls come through as um, as as you would make any call without any attestation. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't show any attestation level today. Uh, we would think that it would change over a period of time, but right now we don't see any difference. Uh, if you have the um, service provider implement uh, attestation, it, it also determine, it depends on the terminating service provider, how they're accepting the certificates and what they do with it. So that's why I think the call validation treatment and the analytics would com continue to play a role in the in the uh, in the solution, and they are still on the network. And how the actual call gets displayed on the devices is actually based on how the CVT is done on the terminating service provider. That's what we are seeing. Uh, we are going to continue building on this to see, uh, you know, uh, and we'll monitor um, as as this gets rolled out. But that's the status today. And and I would say that's in line with what we've been hearing. From the terminating carriers that they haven't said anything different than what we just saw in our test so right. it will be one that we'll we'll definitely watch as it progresses as the ecosystem gets fully fully implemented so wow anise like we just we blew through this time so fast so with that i think we have reached the end of our first tuesday talks it is such an honor and a humbling experience that everyone uh, attended and participated in this and uh, we look forward to seeing you again at the next Tuesday Talks uh, coming up on February 23rd. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>